Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and Local Now Channel 525. Welcome back to the show. Uh, picking up on our conversation about uh, impeachment 2.0 with Professor William Jacobson at Cornell. Some of what has, was suggested by Professor Jacobson and many, many, many others is to uh, play clips from the assorted Democrat socialists who've made all sorts of pronouncements rationalizing, if not advocating for or covering for violence uh, in many forms, using the same bellicose rhetoric that President Trump used on the trail at rallies, fighting for this and fighting for that. We won't stop until we get justice and so on and so forth. Uh, we've played them on this show before. You know, like socialist Spice Girl, Ayanna Presley. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. You just say, well, she just meant peaceful protests. Well, I know. President Trump said, let's go over to the Capitol peacefully. Some people didn't. Ayanna Presley said unrest in the streets. She, of course, just meant uh, peaceful protests. Well, some people did and some people didn't. What's the difference? Kamala Harris on with Colbert. Same difference. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. They're not going to let up, and they shouldn't. And you say, well, they're talking about protests. She said protests. Right, I know. Right, same thing that President Trump said. Continue to fight. You can't let up or you're going to lose your country. What's the difference between that and what Kamala Harris said? And some people peacefully protested. Most people peacefully protested in both cases. And some people did not. So what's the standard? It's one of the things that uh, his defense team should do. But you have to go right to their argument as well. Their argument that extends beyond impeachment 2.0. And this is where I think Republicans are falling down on the job. But let's get some additional perspective on that. Pleased to be joined again by Michael Goodwin, who is a New York Post columnist and Fox News contributor, of course. Michael, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you. You know, as you heard me saying, yes, 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 the hypocrisy of the left. This is a refrain from conservatives, and it's fair because it's true. But you have to go after the idea that uh, 74 million people are really on trial here, not just President Trump. It's The target is the Trump universe to frighten people away from the Republican Party, to suppress voices of dissent, and to, in some cases, if you're too obstreperous, to bring, you know, assemble power of the government to visit upon you. Well, and who wouldn't love to have the other side shut up, shut down, and locked up if they persist? I mean, that's sort of what the Democratic playbook is right now. Um, I'm not quite sure how we got there, except sort of inch by inch, uh, the Democrats tolerated and saw uh, an advantage in resistance. And resistance became more and more violent as, as time wore on and as Donald Trump didn't 
uh, give in, as there was no there there for the Russia, Russia, Russia story, the Ukraine impeachment. So each of these things, rather than quell the appetite for resistance, only fueled it. And of course, you had the cheerleading media, you had the radicals within the Democratic Party tent pushing the whole party left. Look, I think Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi bear enormous responsibility for the violence that's going on in this country. They have never once condemned what happened over the summer. Nancy Pelosi asked about a group in Baltimore pushing a statue into the harbor. She said, people are going to do what they're going to do. Now, if that isn't a green light, I don't know what it is. And so, yes, Donald Trump said and did some really stupid things. And I think his conduct past a certain point was just indefensible. He's president. He lost the election by every count. I mean, I'm among those, as I'm sure you are. Uh, We gave him every benefit of the doubt in terms of his court cases, in terms of, you know, making the charge. But at some point, the game was over. There were no more at-bats. You may think you were cheated, and he clearly does, but those are the rules of the game. You had to stop at some point. And this foolishness that Pence could overturn it, I was all for the objections. I thought the objections to the count were sensible. I thought it was an interesting idea that Ted Cruz had of a 10-day commission or a 10-person commission working for a week or 10 days, whatever, to try to rectify and clarify some of these issues. But it was not to be, and so it's over. And yet I think that when you match these two things, as you've done, is there is a double standard. And that Time magazine piece laid it out that you had big tech. To me, that was the most important thing there. Big tech was in on the game from the beginning. Their censoring of conservative voices, particularly the, the, you know, the New York Post on the Hunter Biden story, because the left wants to humiliate Donald Trump and humiliate everybody who ever supported him, then I think it's incumbent on the Republicans to say, well, what are we going to do? Uh, Michael, let's hold it there, and I want to come back and uh, drill down some of the things that uh, you just ticked off in your sort of impeachment 2.0 assessment. More with the New York Post, Michael Goodwin, right after this. The Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the Dan Proft Show. We're speaking with New York Post columnist and Fox News contributor Michael Goodwin about uh, impeachment trial 2.0. And, uh, Michael, I want to pick up on your assessment of it as you were outlining it before the break. Uh, one point is indefensible conduct is not the same thing as impeachable conduct. And Absolutely. I, I, and I know you're saying that, but I just wanted to make yeah. it explicit, sure. too, because Thank I think you. there's a lot of people that uh, if you if you disagree with the president did or said at some point uh, during the last six weeks or the last six weeks leading up to January 6th, I should say, then uh, that means you should support impeaching him or support convicting him 
Well, and that's just silliness. I mean, there's a, a standard here, and it's a relatively high bar. It should be a high bar, even in a political process. And, um, you know, those sorts of lines need to be drawn in addition to, it seems to me, his defense lawyers need to make the case, as I was sort of intimating, and I, I don't know if they even understand this, which is a concern, that um, what Pelosi and Schumer and the assembled uh, leadership of the Democrat socialists are trying to do is eliminate conservatives from the political arena, drum them out of the political arena by all you know any means necessary to borrow a phrase. And you are describing that. But I think that needs to be made explicit about in terms of what the real end game here. It is about so much more than Trump and they need to make that case. So maybe some Republican senators that are half asleep wake up. You're right. And, you know, the the idea of knocking Trump off the ballot. Remember, that was the goal with the Ukraine impeachment. That was the end game there. Knock him off the ballot. And and now it's still the end game. Knock him off the ballot for 24. Uh, That tells you what they're really about. I mean, that that, uh, social media thing that Trump tweeted, I'll never forget it. It was the day of the Ukraine impeachment vote, December of uh, December of 19, where uh, he he tweeted this picture of himself. And the caption was, you know, uh, they're not after me. They're they're after you. I'm just in the way. Right. Exactly. There is something that is exactly right. I mean, that struck me at the time. And I wrote about it. I've written about it several times. That sums up the entire thing that we are witnessing. When you say knock Donald Trump off the ballot, what you're saying is we're going to take your general off the field. We're going to take your candidate off the field so you can't vote for him, and therefore you can't win. I mean, this is very much about the next election. It's not the last election. It's the next election that this impeachment is about. How much uh, stock do you put in this report that was out yesterday about uh, some Zoom call with 120 disaffected Republicans or Republicans, sort of, Evan McMullen, you know, who who was the the candidate that the Never Trumpers came up with in 2016 to no particular effect. Yeah, yeah, obviously. (laughs) But I mean, but 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 they persist. You know, these are the Lincoln Project types. These are some of the uh, the op ed writers at uh, National Review and and and, you know, the Bill Crystals of the world and so forth. I mean, are they just uh, looking for relevance or a paycheck or do do they have uh, um, a, a real play here with some sort of splinter party? Um, look, I, I think if there is a splinter party, um, no matter who splinters it, whether it's Trump or the never Trumpers, the GOP is dead. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't win, and the Democrats benefit most. Uh, you, you really can't have a three-party system right now where you have the socialist Democrats on the left and everybody else splintered. Uh, that, that's not a three-party system. That's uh, one party and the other party divided in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- there's no way, I think, for the Republicans to go down that road. And they will never win not just another election. They'll probably never win another seat uh, anywhere that way. So th- th- this is a trying time. And, and look, uh, I, I voted for Donald Trump twice. Um, I'm happy to have done that. I think he was a very good president in so many ways, and we're already seeing the distinctions with Joe Biden's foreign policies and his domestic issues on energy and schools. I mean, 80% closed schools counts as an open school. 
Um, <laughs> this, is the, this is the new math for Joe Biden, and we're going to kill thousands of jobs, but we're going to create other ones later. Um, so I, I, I just think that the Republicans have to find their way around this moment. They have to figure this moment out. And I don't think making concessions to Democrats on impeachment is the answer. You can say, as I just did, that Donald Trump did and said some stupid things, but he did not intend to incite that crowd to go into the Capitol and, and wreck it. There's no, there's no language in that speech, nothing leading up to it or nothing afterwards that suggests he was planning to incite a crowd. Well, you know, you know, what's interesting, too, is the, the, the Democrats can't even settle on whether he was the, the head of a conspiracy to lay siege to the Capitol that uh, was months in advance, weeks and months in advance, or if it was incitement to riot on that day. They keep arguing in the alternative and, and one, the, the two are mutually exclusive. So even they can't figure it out. Right. And you have all of this proof of those who did plan uh, something violent that day. That clearly were, that was not part of the president's supporters. I mean, these are the, these are the, there were people there who brought uh, crowbars uh, and baseball bats to a rally. I mean, they didn't, you know, wearing military gear and communication with others. There were people there who came for the very thing that happened. Right. Uh, those people who were just carrying flags and marching around, they, they didn't come for violence. I mean, they were duped into it. But uh, I, and that's why you, when you look at the charges being filed, those who are charged with conspiracy, uh, those are the serious people you have to worry about. Those who were charged with misdemeanors of uh, entering unlawfully the Capitol, I mean, they were dupes. They should not have done that. But they didn't come to wreck. They didn't come to create violence and mayhem. Uh, and I think that's the difference that law enforcement seems to be figuring out. And some of the media is actually reporting that. But and the Democratic Party wants to link it all together and say, all of you condemned forever. He is Michael Goodwin, New York Post columnist and Fox News contributor. Michael, thanks as always. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you. Take care. Show at danproftshow.com.